Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Wearing a brand new t-shirt from our friends over at TPUSA, Parents Rights Matter. That logo look familiar at all to you? Or look like they might have been, uh, they might have taken someone else's uh, branding and imaging and kind of turned it in our direction. Yeah, re- for, for a better purpose. Yes. Not just a repurpose, but for also for a better purpose, indeed. Uh, we have a jam-packed show today. Before we get to any of that, though, a reminder about our great friends over at Constitution Wealth. Be sure to check them out because today, together they will work with you to create a financial plan that is based on your values because when you align your money with your values, you win and you profit. You're both a profit- and you profit, all right? So no more competition anymore between your portfolio and your principles. Go to investwithcw.com slash Steve. That's investwithcw.com slash Steve. Coming up later in the show, the weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us also. We will play our game of buy, sell, or hold. I have a speaking engagement coming up at a conference I cannot wait to be a part of. Speaking of Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk will be our headline speaker there. Dr. Peter McCullough will be there. Uh, some others, I am way down deep on the undercard of this event. I will be one of the speakers as well in Boise, Idaho. If you have yet to buy tickets, if you are in the area and would like to go, we are going to give you some of those details coming up later in the show. So make sure you are tuned in for that. But before we get to all of that, of course, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Locked and Loaded. They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future. A faith that our best days lay ahead of us. But is it worth the fight? Do I have the courage? Is it worth the sacrifice? America has been worth it every single time. That is a teaser ad released by Casey DeSantis ahead of her husband's announcement he's running for president. Numerous outlets reported yesterday that Ron DeSantis will be making his big announcement with Elon Musk on Twitter at 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Hillary Clinton reacted to the news by giving an in-kind contribution to the DeSantis campaign, saying on Twitter, quote, Ron DeSantis's ultra MAGA Florida isn't safe for people of color, LGBTQ plus people or even multi-billion dollar corporations. Moving on, the party of love and tolerance update. Last week, Shailene Rodriguez, an art professor at the publicly funded Hunter College in New York City, was seen on video harassing pro-lifers who had set up a display on campus. After accosting the pro-life youth, Rodriguez then destroyed their display before stomping off. You're not educating This is propaganda. What are you going to do, like anti-trans next? Is that what you're going to do next? I mean, no, we're talking about abortion. This is This is violent. You're triggering my students. I'm sorry about that. You're, no, you're not. Because you I'm can't sorry. even have a baby. So you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get this out of here, Yesterday, the New York Post showed up to Rodriguez's office to ask her about the incident. She then proceeded to brandish a machete and threatened to chop up the Post reporter. Get away from my door. Get the away from my door. Let's, let's get out of here. You can't do that. Rodriguez has since been fired from Hunter College. Videos continue to emerge of what exactly Target is promoting in their stores. 
for Pride Month. This video comes from TikToker Kaylee Lay. We're going to go to the kids section and we're actually going to see if they're putting weird, creepy, uncomfy stuff on children's clothing. Okay, this is the child section. This is literally the kids section. I'm next to a literal onesie that says whatever the hell that means. We have glad you came out and I'm so happy that you're queer in the kids section. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but pride and toddler don't belong in the same sentence. So I found an extra small swimsuit in the child section. It says light binding effect on it. And then the bottoms in the kids section, keep in mind, say tuck friendly construction. They're giving it to your kids. If that doesn't give you a reason to boycott Target, I don't know what does, but this getting out of hand. Target released a statement regarding their partnership with a line of rainbow jihad themed apparel with a Satanist company. Quote, for more than a decade, Target has offered an assortment of products aimed at celebrating Pride Month. Since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we're making adjustments to our plan, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Our focus is now on moving forward with our continuing commitment to the LGBTQIA community and standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. Meanwhile, Bud Light's sales and stock continue to plummet. Sales volumes of the beer for the week ending in May 13th sank over 28%, extending a downward trend from the 27.7% decline seen the week before. Senator Ted Cruz went on CNBC to talk about the debt ceiling. We should absolutely not default on the debt. And, and I will tell you, I'm, I am more worried now that we might default than I ever have been. Really? And the reason is I don't think Biden is is up to the task. I don't think he's engaged in the negotiations personally and directly. I you think they're talking and sitting and meeting every day. Yeah, I, I th his, it, may be, it may be later than, than we want. His to mental capacities are markedly diminished from oh, no. from even a few years uh, ago. Senator, and, don't make me go through this. And, and what what makes me worry is, is that I think the decision making in the White House is being done by a bunch of 20 something and 30 something little Marxists who don't have an appreciation for reality. And finally, it's hard to believe this comedy sketch aired on Saturday Night Live not 15 years ago, not 10 years ago, but just five years ago. My jeans tell me I'm a man. My jeans tell me I'm a woman. They tell me I'm relaxed. That I'm skinny. A child. Yo, you don't know me, jeans. I'm not a style. I'm not a size. That's not me. I am not a child. I'm me. I'm unique. I'm woke. Woke, woke. I'm woke. So, why aren't my jeans? Now they are. Introducing Levi Woke. Sizeless, style neutral, gender non-conforming denim for a generation that defies labels. Levi's heard that if you're not woke, it's bad. So we made these. Defining someone by their style? That's offensive. That's why Levi Woke have no style. And that's what happened while we were away. Life comes at you fast, bro, when you're in a cult. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. You can pur purify the air in your home. Get healthy, clean, fresh-smelling air. Eliminate odors, kill mold, mildew, bacteria, even some viruses that are causing your air to be like, ugh. 
with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It is filterless, so you're never swapping those out out of your own pocket or time out of your schedule. Uh, and they come in a pack of three for whole home protection. You'll get all three units for under 200 bucks. That's a fraction of what their competitors in the same space are charging, and they probably aren't as good anyway. And you get free shipping as well. Free shipping as well. All of this is yours. Fresh air, inexpensive, free shipping, all of it is yours if you use the discount code Steve when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the place we got kicked out of. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. So with the uh, big announcement tonight, I kind of want to take a few minutes, if you don't mind, and set an overall lay of the land and then get you guys' comments on them. Uh, there has been a lot of talk about this thing is over. What's the point? This will be divisive. It'll hurt our chances in the general. I want, I want to address all of those points right here on day one. It is very possible that Donald Trump could very well do the full Jake the Snake Roberts and just DDT Ron DeSantis in the center of the ring and knock him to bleep out. That isn't, that is entirely possible. If that happens, then we'll know, right? Let's find out. Let's find out. Then we'll know. But, but why wouldn't we want to know for sure, given what has gone down in Florida the last few years? We're nowhere. We're out of nowhere. The, the state that has been a running joke between Florida man and hanging chads. It's been a running joke in America's political and social commentary for much of the 21st century thus far. Out of nowhere is, is, the, is the sounder of the shofar. How did this happen? What made this occur? Well, the election of Ron DeSantis. And since that happened, for the first time in the history of the state, there's not a single Democrat holding statewide office. Voters rewarded him for just erasing the Democratic Party in Florida with the largest gubernatorial win in the history of the state. And there's been about a 400,000 voter registration swing from Democrats to Republicans in the state. Liberal strongholds like Palm Beach County voted for Ron DeSantis for governor. This is not a small stage. Given it's the most important swing state in the union it is the third largest state in the union behind only california and texas this would seem to be quite the proving ground right it wasn't like some some young eager ideologue one governor in mississippi and decided we're going to finally be the red state that america has claimed we've been for the last 40 years and just took all that existing infrastructure and heritage and tradition and finally just um, you know, uh, hit the kill switch and activated it. None of this existed in Florida. They literally terraformed this as we watched it in real time the last few years. Would you care to go over the kind of Republican who tends to have won the governor's chair there lately? Uh, people like Jeb Bush, Rick Scott, there people like is. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Florida, this is the same state. Ron DeSantis won by less than 30,000 votes or less than 40,000 votes. Whom was his Democratic opponent? 
a mayor from a college town who literally got busted doing cocaine off a gay hooker's ass. Not a joke. Not a line, not a not a not a not an applause line or a chuckle line in a Richard Pryor concert. A literal story. Literally did cocaine did blow off a gay hooker's ass. Literally happened. Where the gold at? Exactly. <laughs> not a joke. This is this uh, this is a, that's not my worst Dave Chappelle impersonation or the worst you've ever heard. A literal story. Andrew Gillum was doing blow off a gay hooker's ass, and he was damn near governor of the state of Florida. Twenty-one million people. Ron DeSantis won by less than forty thousand votes. That's how close. Florida almost became the new California. Now it is the envy of every red state in the union. And this happened in just a few years. Given that, why would we not, who would, if you're not on Donald Trump's payroll, and if you are, I get it. I've been on a candidate's payroll. I was in the last cycle. Now the way I'm wired, I just kind of, I just have to tell you what I think, even when it doesn't benefit me. And I I was not easy to have on the Cruz campaign payroll at times because I kept wanting to tell people what I thought. Even if, and I still was doing this show, which meant sometimes you were here. I'd come in a couple times. I'm like, I would give an opinion that was contrary to the strategy we were pursuing as a campaign because I, I just, I'm like wired. I have to tell you what I really think. So, you know, I'm not the easiest person to have on your team sometimes. <laughs> All right. But I get the pressure of I'm on this guy's team. I get it. And, I, and Donald Trump's done a lot of good things for America. He's done a lot of good things for people with my worldview. As long as you're not out there changing positions you used to have, right? As long as you're not out there doing stuff like in, in, in March, tweeting out that Republicans have to fight the culture war, and then in May, tweeting out, Republicans can't fight the culture war to win. As long as you're not doing stuff like that, because I've seen some of that stuff, don't do stuff like that. As long as you're not betraying who you really are, but this is your guy. This is your meal ticket. He's done good things for America, and therefore you have a vested interest in him continuing to do some of those things or having those opportunities. I don't have anything against that. I don't think that makes you some kind of a sellout or anything of that nature. How are you a sellout? Because you went to work for the guy that overturned Roe v. Wade. That's only something we have literally had the largest rally in, in, in American history on a perennial basis to pray about for 50 years, right? Right. You're not a sellout because you want that guy to be president. You're a sellout if that guy cha- make, makes you change your mind about what you know to be true. That's what makes you a sellout. But as long as you're not doing that, may the best man win. I've, I see no problem with it. But for everybody else, if you're not personally on that level invested in Donald Trump, and, and even if you love him as a president and admire him, you should never be that invested in any politician unless you're getting a check from him, like ever. Ever. Don't, I'm never the guy to come at with, this is the only per- Nope, stop. Stop with that statement right there. No one is the only one. Because we already have one only one, and we hung him on a tree. And he responded by rolling a 2,000-pound stone away, kicking Satan's ass, and saying, how you, like, how you like me now? How you like them apples? He's the one. Everybody else has holes. Some with more than others. There is no only one, because we already have an only one. So don't do that. No one's deserved loyalty. It's very disloyal. No one, no, the only people deserving of loyalty in American politics are the American people. 
Don't do that either. But for the rest of us that don't have a personal vested interest in Donald Trump, why would you not want to see if what has gone on in Florida is possibly achievable nationally? One of the largest states, one of the most diverse states, one of the most expensive states to campaign in? Maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't play. Maybe Ron DeSantis is not ready for prime time, as, as a lot of the, the Trump acolytes and shills have been saying. They might be proven right. I don't know. But let's find out. Just to be sure. Well, Steve, this could get very divisive. So? Reagan was tagged with the phrase voodoo economics, that what he was suggesting by taking literally a, uh, by taking uh, the literal writings. And how many more times am I going to say literally in the first 20 minutes of the show by taking the actual writings of Milton Friedman and creating an economic policy out of them to run for president on. This was in complete anathema to the Keynesian model that both Republicans and Democrats, by and large, had adopted the premise of and just argued with each other post-World post War II, basically just had just argued with each other about how far the model should go. Reagan comes in, introduces an entirely different model, a different paradigm, and he was tagged with the phrase voodoo economics. Do you know where that phrase came from? He didn't ever lived it down either. His opponents used that phrase the entirety of his presidency. When he ran for re-election in 1984, Walter Mondale used that phrase constantly. Do you remember where that phrase came from? Do you guys remember? Yeah, it didn't come from the New York Times editorial page. The term voodoo economics didn't come from uh, Jimmy Carter's operation. No one on that operation was smart enough to come up with that. It actually came from the primary and from his biggest challenger, George Herbert Walker Bush, coined that phrase. He's the one that tagged Reagan with voodoo economics. And then somehow managed to ride Reagan's coattails for the next 12 damn years of his life. Eight years as vice president and four years as president. So, so, so who cares if it's divisive? The question becomes, does it have to be divisive in a way that it pours over into the general? And no, alpha males disagreeing with each other vehemently provided it's on substance. That's not nasty. I know we're not used to this. We don't see a lot of this in America today. Those used to just be called men. What you're really saying, if you're concerned that this will hurt Republicans' opportunities to win in the general, if you're sincere, and it's not just a line, if you're sincere, what you're really saying is you don't believe Donald Trump will have enough self-esteem to not go to the gutter. That's what you're really saying. Because both of these men have records. Like when it was when I was on the Cruz campaign, it was us and Trump. Neither one of us had records. Trump had never held elected office. Cruz had been in the Senate for half a term and in a minority. So there wasn't much to do other than project. Donald Trump wasn't. Much to do other than your wife is ugly and I think you're banging Katrina Pearson, my press secretary, as part of your harem of side, of, uh, side chicks. But in this case, one guy was president of the United States for four years, right? He's got a record, right? Yes. Another guy was governor of the most politically consequential state in the union for the last four years. He's got a record too, right? Red wave. Yeah. So we could just sit here and debate records 
and let the record speak for themselves and see who is a better advocate for their respective record. We could do this in our own way with, you know, our own way of talking in our modern times and the way that we communicate virally versus social media. But we could do this like a Lincoln Douglas kind of thing. We could just sit here and say, I know better than you do, young man. And you, he could say, well, actually, you failed uh, in some places there. So it's time for a new generation. We could have that. And that would be very aggressive. That would be very divisive. But it would be substantive, right? Yeah. We could have that race. I'm, that, to me, that, doesn't, that only benefits us. The only way we don't have that race, because I think it's pretty obvious Ron DeSantis has no interest in running to the gutter. So the only way that we don't have that race, and instead we have something personal that spills over and creates hard feelings that people don't get over, is if you're admitting Donald Trump lacks the self-control to avoid going to the gutter. Um, so, I mean, if there, there's no other alternative. I mean, you can't simultaneously say, um, Ron, just, this thing is over. DeSantis, don't get in. Well, if it's over, then why do you care if he gets in? Just step over him and move on. Here's what I say. Let the alpha males fight. Let's let iron sharpen iron. We have had enough of men without chests. The black gate of Mordor has been unleashed and the orcs are pouring out into the Shire. Major department stores have pride displays for your pet. Your pet. Tuck your, tuck your junk clothes for your child. I think we've had enough of men without chests. Let's put them in the cage. Let's let iron sharpen iron and see who has the titanium spine to defend the realm. And in the end, if Donald Trump takes the whippersnapper that he helped to give birth to, and he takes him out in full view of all of us and says, ain't going out to pasture quite yet. DDTs him right there on, na- on the national landscape and the referee comes in and gives the three count. Got our champion then, don't we? But not only that, but you, you have what you almost certainly need to alter the landscape that caused you to lose last time. You need a victory like that. Mm-hmm. Because right now, people are thinking that even if you win, you lose. They need to see with their own eyes you capable of handling this. It is entirely possible that Ron DeSantis, because we love our Lord of the Rings analogies around here, and I've already dropped a couple. It is entirely possible that Ron DeSantis is Legolas from the elves. Once a great race, but their time had come and gone. That he's really just a, a, a another um, born out of the Reaganite paradigm. He's just more aggressive about it and not really ready for the paradigm in which we are up against. At this level, he's not, he's not ready to be king. Okay. But what if, he's, what if he's Aragorn? You want to be the coach that drafted Sam Bowie? Or the one that drafted Michael Jordan? Now, the beauty is, we're the scouts. We get to find out. We get to put Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan on the court. 
and let's have tryouts. Maybe he's not Michael Jordan. Maybe he's just a really good player. But unless you have a personal, financial, vested interest, and Trump is a brand, I have no idea why you would not be interested in finding out the answer to that. Given what we've seen in Florida. If, it, if we had not seen the things we've seen out of that state the last four years, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't suggest any of you care either. We'd be spending as much time discussing it as we did Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and the rest of their entries into the race. Correct. The interest is we have seen things there that we have longed to see. And we're beginning to think we're not seeable. Maybe we just wanted things that legitimately could not happen. But we saw them. Maybe it's luck. Maybe he just showed up. They underestimated him. Caught the Democratic Party with his pants down. That's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. It's also entirely possible that this is the player they make 30s for thir- 30 for 30s about when they're done playing. It's also possible to see that too. So let's find out. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Yeah, the more I think about this, the more I think about how Ronald Reagan, while we were thinking as uh, youngsters back then, uh, yeah, America, that the call went out right then that that could never happen again and that all of GOP history since Ronald Reagan has been purposefully uh, setting the GOP up as controlled opposition. And we couldn't realize it at the time. But I think as big of a story as Donald Trump was, I'm more and more coming in the recent months that Ted Cruz was a genuine threat to that paradigm. Uh, Ted Cruz did not want to play ball on Team GOP as it was before, and they thought they had snuffed that out post-Reagan. And now here we are with DeSantis, and it's clear to me as ever. I like your analogy there. What, whatever the analogy is in football or basketball, where you the, the top two picks are such certain locks, forget Sam Bowie. Mm-hmm. Let's... I think Barkley was the fifth or sixth pick in that. Pick Jordan and Barkley. One isn't quite as transcendent, but guaranteed Hall of Famer. Like, and you don't know Jordan's going to be the greatest of all time. You're like, I, I can't lose. Like, what? And the number- remember who the first pick was Elijah. Want everybody forgets that. Yeah, yeah. that was a good pick. Yeah. Well, anyway, there you go. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So, so the the inability of people to wrap themselves around like this. Everything you described right now is as close a thing as we could come to a blessing in this moment of having somebody ready, tested, prepared to be the leader that we must have in this moment. And people are terrified of it. It does absolutely reflect on the state of manhood uh, as we see it in this country. We are so risk averse. It's truly pathetic. Once again, masculinity is not a leisure pursuit can you please learn that in the next five minutes because i'm tired of having to say it to you yeah i I mean 
there wouldn't be a market for a DeSantis if, well, one, first and foremost, Trump would come out and own the mistakes of of COVID, of, of what went down during COVID. There wouldn't be a market a for Ron yeah. DeSantis. Or it'd certainly there, be diminished. Yep. There wouldn't be a, the market for either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis if more people like in uh, uh, middle of nowhere Iowa or middle of nowhere or suburban uh, fill in the blank big city, if a lot more men were actually like Ron DeSantis or even to right. some degree Donald Trump. But more like Ron DeSantis, there wouldn't be a market for either of these people because, you know, things would be a little bit different in mass. So I, I think those are two, two things here that we have to factor into the equation. My fear is, my fear is, and I, I'm sure you would you would share this to some degree, and probably those listening would share this to some degree, is that we are just on the the, the right in this country just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. Yep. We do. And so that's just my, that's my over, I can't, you can run the best campaign. You can smack Trump in opportune moments without debasing your, yourself. You can run the best campaign, like I said, but because of what I just said, that we suck and we have a track record of sucking. My fear is that it, it won't matter, but, but I, I still want to play this thing out. I still want to fire every bullet, um, but I... I that's that's my that's still my big fear. Yeah, and all we can do about that is 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 do the is is, is is set the best example we can and hold ourselves accountable to it with the platform and the access and the audience and that we are given. That that's that's all we can do about that. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I don't have late nights playing MLB the show right now, thinking the same things myself down in the man cave. We'll come back. Buy, seller, hold us next. So one of our new partners we brought on earlier this year... And I, I gave him the toughest test that we offer here. And that is the Aaron test. Because even though even though Todd likes to be considered irascible, the reality is if if you can turn vinegar into a delicacy, you're probably not that hard to please in the end. It's just a, you're a simple man. I am. Yeah, just a simple man. Aaron, on the other hand is a complex figure. And part of that complexity is you have almost every food allergy in a known to man. Or most of them, correct? I I mean, between me and my family, yes. yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Between you and Bella, yeah, yeah, yeah. But together, yes, okay? And so when the offer came in, because I've heard Magic Spoon talked about on other podcasts I listen to, there's a lot of sports ones, and so when the offer came in to give them a shot, I'm like, I got to do this. I got to put them to the Aaron test, man. And well, first I put him to the Steve test because I am a serial fiend. That is one of my weaknesses. And so I was curious, how good does, does this stuff taste? And I tried the peanut butter variety and I was stunned how good it was, like stunned. So then I thought, all right, I'm going to bring the rest of these boxes in 
and give Aaron an opportunity, the, the variety pack, uh, that's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and the peanut butter I mentioned, zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four to five net grams of carbs, only 140 calories per serving, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. Normally to me, that means taste-free. That's normally what it means to me. You start telling me it's free of all the stuff I just mentioned, you're, the next line is, so taste-free, Okay. I couldn't believe how good the peanut butter uh, magic spoon was. So I gave you the rest, Aaron. What's the verdict? So Ben has a large vocabulary for not being even two years old. Uh, B-bar is, uh, he wants a bar. eo yo yo yos are Cheerios. <laughs> um, is crackers. It's a clicking sound. I don't know where he got that from. I guess it's nice. mimicking the sound. And now it's boon is for Magic Spoon. And we're almost done with the allotment that uh, that you gave us already, and Ben loves them. Ben loves them. Uh, that's about the best uh, endorsement that I could could give. Um, and they are tasty. I've tried a few myself. And, you know, sometimes as a parent, you grab the uh, grab a handful of whatever cereal is around. It's like, ah, oh, that's good to munch on. This stuff is really, really good. I really was surprised, tasty, man. Really yeah. tasty and uh, just a, a treat for, uh, for Ben uh, during snack time, which is all the time. So go to magicspoon.com slash dace. Get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal that, again, is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. Magicspoon.com slash dace. Use the code dace. You'll get $5 off. Magicspoon.com slash dace. Use the code dace for $5 off. We want to thank Magic Spoon for helping to sponsor this episode here of the Steve Dace Show, including... One of our more popular segments, Buy, Sell, or Hold. This is where Aaron, with a lot of help from his friends on Twitter, I get asked, why doesn't Twitter ever get to do an Ask Me Anything? Because you guys get a segment every week called Buy, Sell, or Hold. That's why. All right. So you guys get to determine the stuff that Todd and I will consider. Are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? If at any point, however, you use a hold, then you have violated the dude code and you will be holding Lindsey Graham this weekend instead of your wife. Todd, you ready to go? Yes. Aaron, fire when ready. We begin with Anna Hibbs, who says, I should put a fake rat in the Dace home and film his reaction to it. No. No, you should not. Because you prefer to live. Okay? Do not do that. That would not be good. That is uh, not even a sell. That is not to be even considered. I don't even want that encouraged in any way, shape, or form. That would probably be a career destroyer. What would be the Urzen equivalent of this? Making him climb a three-story ladder? <laughs> See, I'd be fine with that. That part wouldn't work. I'd... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any... Like, what if you don't like heights, what, what rides at amusement parks will you not do in accordance with that, typically? No, that's... A, it's weird. I would do... It's not rides. Okay. So it's being stationary up there? It's being stationary. It's it's even worse. Like, if I'm moving fast and hurtling, it okay. doesn't matter. If it's, it's, it's time to stop and consider what's going on there. Not even considering. It's okay. totally... I, 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 I can't even put words to it. It's utterly... It makes zero sense whatsoever. So just drop him out of a plane? No, okay. I, th I think I could probably do that too. That Again, so motion. It's weird just having... And it, I don't, it's not three stories, but like... You get four or five. I don't know what it is, but it just the ledge. It's it. I can actually feel movement, and okay. I know there's nothing moving. Does the ledge talk to you? No, I'm just kidding. It may be. 
Maybe. Uh, next, we go to Timothy Stevens. The U.S. in three acts. Number one, Christian era, moral rules. Number two, post-Christian era, no rules, amorality. And number three, the anti-Christian era, immoral rules. Uh, I would agree. I mean, that's, that's a standard cultural devolution. Um, and I agree that um, it doesn't always necessarily look like that as it pertains to biblical values, because there's been plenty of cultures in the world that biblical values were never rooted in, but they were rooted in this one from the beginning. And so that is what its devolution will look like and looks like as we speak. Yeah. What are you prepared to do? Bye. Next up, we go to Data Masked. The Bud Light boycott is actually making an impact on Anheuser-Busch's bottom line, since there are true market alternatives unlike the vast majority of other goods, services, or retailers. I'm going to buy, and I think this is a very important point. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gets to some of the sports stuff that we were discussing. You know, there, there isn't another meaningful pro football league. There isn't another meaningful pro baseball league. There isn't another meaningful pro basketball league. There is another, there are other meaningful buy anything you want to big box store chains. There are other meaningful uh, places to get to, to, you know, to find beer. And, and so that again speaks to apply the, apply the leverage where we have leverage. Now that doesn't mean yet again, save your emails. I'm not saying you don't have any leverage where the sports world is concerned. I'm just saying that these things are such massive, massive entities that you have to be very, very surgical. You have to bus, you have to Montgomery bus boycott the sports world. Like, for example, having the Catholic Church put out a, a local fatwa to players on the dot, players and, and people within the organization of the Dodgers team. Stuff like that. Surgical strikes where we're having players in the Dodgers who are who are devout Catholics or just Christians at all saying, Yeah, I'm not playing for an organization that does that. So good luck this weekend without me. That's the kind of stuff that would that would draw blood. The numbers it would take to do a a mass uh, a mass level of boycott of these sports leagues, given the vastness of their audiences. Guys, the NFL is the second most profitable entertainment industry in the world, other than Hollywood. In the world. Those and they have so much corporate dollars and everything else. The values of their stadiums, their teams are being sold for eight billion dollars. One of the worst franchises in the league, or was it six? I billion here and a billion there. One of the worst franchises in this league, the Commanders, who didn't have a damn name for three years, just got sold for six and a half billion dollars. There's so six. many. There's so many tentacles there that you have to look at where you have where you can strike those kinds of entities but where you can always strike is where there's a meaningful alternative because then you're going to also not run into people's idolatry as much because they have other options for what they want to do target is not the only convenience big box store mom can go and shop at there's plenty of other options so i agree bye this isn't that's why this uh, the bud light thing isn't really a boycott a boycott demands uh, a game of chicken, a game of suffering on both sides. And that's the thing that basically with sports, the real honest truth about all that is that it has been declared too big to fail because most men want it to be too big to fail. Fair enough. That's the truth of it. Any ideas yet on why or how this penetrated the zeitgeist as deeply as it did? I have a buddy of mine 
who, God bless him, I think he intentionally buries his head in the sand and does not pay attention to news or politics or current events or anything like that. Like, he does not like any of that, so he intentionally gets away from that. He knew exactly what I was talking about, though, when I made a joke about bush light. Do you have any idea how this penetrated the zeitgeist? Because past boycotts, I don't know if it's just a Twitter thing, if it's just email lists. It's not a boycott. That's what I'm saying. It's a boycott. They just slid over. They're still drinking beer. And then they get the, on the libs. That's the problem. We won't suffer for anything. It's not a boycott. No one is stopping drinking beer. It could be, did we actually save you from the suffering of drinking Bud Light? You actually realize there are craft beers and better options out there for you. They didn't realize that. It's just and so same. you're not you're not suffering by drinking that uh, watered down liquid urine now. Next up, we go to Joel GJ, who says an RFK Jr. administration would be successful in going after the spirit of the age compared to ultra milk toast uh, South Carolinians Nikki and Timmy. Oh, this isn't even a debate. I, if, I mean, if the general election were RFK Jr. and Mike Pence, I would absolutely vote for RFK Jr. without even hesitation. RFK Jr. and Nikki Haley, again, without hesitation. This isn't even a debatable point. I I don't find this to be um, cutting edge whatsoever. Um, I I mean, this is as certain as there is is gravity. Bye. Yeah, just on his appetite for going after the uh, the intelligence, deep state, and pharma. Wow, pop some corn. And uh, you know what would be fascinating is him and Tim Tim versus Trump uh, in a general, because if you're looking at it from a life voter perspective, you have on one hand, the guy that overturned Roe v. Wade, the biggest shibboleth of the damned of our era. And on the other hand, you have a guy that has been proven precisely correct about literally everything involving COVID, the COVID vaccines, lockdowns, and that's that's the biggest threat to human life we've had in the United States in recent memory. So so yeah, so navigating that as a life voter would be absolutely fascinating. I I would love to have that predicament. I would I would love to I would love the challenge of that sticky wicket. But I I I, I just don't believe there's enough sane Democrats out there. Oh that no, will permit we it. all realize he has no chance, right? Yeah. I mean, he a greater sign of authentic revival than DeSantis. Winning the presidency oh, is, is, is the Democrat. Is I completely agree. Getting nominated. I completely agree. And and here's how I w- why I would agree with you. To me, at a minimum, DeSantis is a very effective state executor of much of the agenda that Donald Trump has articulated the last few years. That's that's kind of the minimum. All right. He might be um, the fulfillment of a lot of things that we have discussed and blogged and written books about and talked about on shows like this much of our lifetimes. But, but, but fulfilling something would not be as radical as transforming something. I mean, the entire, the democratic party as it has been known really since Al Gore lost, as it's been known since, Iraq, certainly as it's been known since Obama's ascendancy, this would require like a soul transfusion of that entire party. Like this is, this is, 
you know see Ultron he's dead there you just pulled the jewel out of his head this is Thanos just yeah. going yeah I mean this this would be completely transformational yeah. of where and given where they're at I mean <laughs> to use a, another pop culture analogy the Democratic Party is Pennywise in the sewer grate we all float down there beckoning you in I mean, Robert, that's what they are. Becky, hey, we're down here. Join us down here. That, that's what they are. Um, for RFK Jr. to win that party would mean he, either... And you can't... Either... either you either, have either, the words because it's impossible Either to Pennywise got vanquished or he pulled Pennywise out and he got redeemed or something. I mean, this would... That would be beyond transformational. Yeah. I, I, I do... I think it is... I think you could absolutely make a very strong moral argument that the most righteous outcome of this entire election would be RFK Jr. winning the Democratic nomination, period. Yeah. I, because of... We have a duo, duopolistic system. And the one that's the lead dog, the Democratic Party that runs all the institutions is the one and, and the guys that represent us are the trail puppy. And the guys that are running that, that are the lead dog here are, are taking the entire what's left of the country off into a black demonic abyss. And then have a guy come along and say, I actually have common sense on some things that I think that we have to acknowledge there are some things in the world we can't change no matter how much we would like them to. I mean, what that would represent from a paradigm shift, mm -hmm. I, I can't even contemplate it, quantify it. Right. Next up, Beaker Activated says Big Ten and Big 12 will announce their new conference editions in the next three weeks. I'm old. I still think I'm going to sell. But I, because I still think that the most likely outcome is that the Pac-12 comes up with some bandaged hodgepodge goulash of a TV contract to sustain itself for just a few more years. That was my prediction the last time this came up a couple of months ago, I believe, right? I'm not as confident in that right now. I, I mean, I... I, I just don't know where you go when when there are teams in your league that have options. Forget whether, you know, where the Big Ten is at. The Big 12 would take Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah tomorrow. So I, I just, if you have options, I know everybody wants to talk a good game. We're all together. You're one of those, you're one of, you're the Washington State AD just announced a complete freeze on new expenditures and hires in the athletic department. Did you guys see that? Because the old TV deal that they had that still included UCLA and USC didn't have the payouts that they were promised. So everybody can talk about, yeah, we're in this together. We're hanging out until they put the contract on your desk and it says you're going to the CW. You're going to the ION channel. Stuff gets real, real quick. When that happens, when Brent, is it York or Yorkie? Is that the Big 12 commissioner? Your Mark. Your Mark, thank you. When he's on the other line saying, how do you guys feel about being on ESPN and Fox? Well, ESPN, because Fox left the Big 12. I, I just, I'll still sell, but I'm not as confident in it. I mean, it, it, it seems like they are, 
And they, they've put this thing off for how many months? I just, it seems like they're running out of, the ground is shifting beneath their feet there, Mr. Erzin. The problem is none of this is real. It's just stupid. Now, now everybody's like, oh, Kevin Warren did tell. You're all Kevin Warrens out there. You're all <laughs> Kevin Warrens. You're morons and you're ruining college sports. It's on you. Uh, I love that maybe more than I should have. You're all Kevin Warrens. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and of course all of you. And all of you can at some point let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. That's at Real Steve Dace. Don't forget the last name again, D-E-A-C-E. Also, don't forget if you're a podcast listener, thank you so much. You're a big part of our audience. Please if you have not done this yet leave us a five star review hit uh, subscribe or follow if you're an iTunes listener thank you to everyone who has done those things and maybe you're thinking I've done them before can I do them again I don't know let's find out maybe you can do multiple five star reviews we will we're fine if one person wants to do a hundred of them if they all count the same that's fine with us thank you for each and every one of those I am told they do good for the show I have no idea how but it does uh, massage our fragile male egos nevertheless This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Freedom Project Education. If you are looking for alternatives to your kid getting more and more government school indoctrination, and if you're not, I may ask, uh, why aren't you? But if you are and you want to hear from people that have essentially perfected the art of online learning, check out our friends at Freedom Project Academy. I know them firsthand. Uh, I fought alongside Duke Pesta and the team there against Common Core back in the day. My own son was enrolled. Noah was for a couple of years at FPA. So I saw how it worked uh, firsthand every day in my home. All right. Live on demand class learning uh, homeschool courses K through 12 built on Judeo-Christian values and classical curriculum. You hear that buzzword today on the right classical curriculum. What does it mean? It means teaching your child what to think. Wrong. That's what they do. Teaching your child how to think, not what to think. And mastery of subject matter, not how to be mastered as a subject. Uh, if you want to learn more, freedomforschool.com, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com, or maybe you've gotten that free information packet. You've considered it and you know, you know, you know you're like, I'm all in. I, I want to do this right now. Then do it. Get 10% off on your tuition if you do it today. Freedomforschool.com, either 10% off your tuition if you, if you sign up today, or the free information packet just to see if it might be a good fit for your family. Freedomforschool.com. All right, coming up June 2nd and 3rd in Boise, Idaho. I will be coming your way there with uh, a cast of people that you're going to be far more interested in than yours truly for a very important conference with our friends over at We the Patriots USA. Taryn Gregson is here uh, and Brian Fester from that organization. Thanks to both of you. Uh, and so, Taryn, let us start with you. Uh, remind us, I mean, I've, I've read more studies this week 
Uh, there's a study out this week that essentially uh, lays out about uh, we were promulgating new strains of the virus with these toxic, ineffective jabs. Uh, the study that came out last week about ocular blindness. I mean, all the stuff that people like me were essentially getting censored for pointing out from their own data is all coming true now. And so I think people need to be reminded that this is not only not over, it is ongoing. And we see this in stories every single day. And that's one of the reasons why a conference like this is needed. It is so needed, and I cannot wait to see you there, Steve, in person. It's going to be great to, to give you a big hug, but it's so important that we continue to fellowship as the spirit of the age is coming at us from all these different directions and to support organizations like We the Patriots USA, who is pushing back in the courts against this tyranny. You know, like you and your audience are familiar with my story, they stepped in uh, to help me with my civil rights case whenever I was fired from the PGA Tour uh, for vaccine discrimination while I was pregnant. And, you know, I experienced all of that pushback and, you know, that propaganda that you just pointed to while I was pregnant, my OBGYN telling me I must get the shot, my workplace telling me I must get the shot. Well, now we know more information coming out. Dr. Thorpe, who is an OBGYN world renowned, broke this on my show, him and his wife, Maggie, FOIA documents from the HHS, from the Health and Human Services, that shows a $13 billion campaign, a basically an advertising campaign for this shot. And the ACOG, the American College of OBGYNs, was a part of that, taking around $11 million to push specific government-issued language on their patients, on their pregnant patients, pushing this untested jab. And this was in the spring, Steve. So this, mind you, the timeline on this is after the Pfizer 5.3.6 cumulative data that shows 90 days after the rollout of the vaccine around February 28th, they knew that 32 of the pregnancies that they have the known outcomes for in that first 90 days, 32 of those pregnancies ended 80, excuse me, 28 of the 32 pregnancies ended with a dead baby. And the ACOG still took that money from HHS and they still decided to push it on their pregnant women. And so the timeline is just horrific. And that's why it's so important that we continue to fellowship with each other as we hear this news comes out. And we continue to support organizations like We the Patriots USA that's fighting back against this tyranny. And that's why you guys have assembled. I mean, this is this is quite a group of people. Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA will be the headliner. Um, I think one of the the great men of the last few years, Dr. Peter McCullough, is going to be there. Another uh, of the brave doctors that stood up against this, uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, a buddy of mine, is going to be there. A lot of uh, very important speakers, and then yours truly, I guess, because they they needed somebody to make everybody else look good. So Brian Festa, if people want to go to this conference next weekend, June 2nd and 3rd in Boise, Idaho, how can they do it? So we have an exclusive offer just for your listeners and followers. Your listeners have been so good to us, have been great supporters. You've been such a great supporter of ours, Steve. So we have an exclusive deal for your audience that I'm going to unveil now just for the next 24 hours. We have not offered a deal like this to anyone else. Promo code STEVE100 will get you 
$100 general admission tickets. That's a $150 savings. It's normally $250 for the two-day conference. If you use promo code STEVE100 at checkout, you'll get tickets for just $100 for both days. Promo code LUNCH50 will get you in 50% off to the author book signing and luncheon, which you also will be participating in, Steve, signing your books, A Nefarious Plot and Rise of the Fourth Reich, which I have my copy right here. Um, and then finally, promo code DINNER50 will get you 50% off tickets to the VIP dinner on Saturday evening, which you also will be attending, Steve, as one of our guests of honor. So again, that's a $50 ticket to the luncheon instead of $100, and a $125 ticket to the dinner instead of $250, which is the normal general admission to that VIP dinner. And then again, $100 to get into the entire conference. Codes Steve 100, Lunch 50, and Dinner 50. Those are the codes to use for the next 24 hours for your listeners. WeThePatriotsUSA.org is where you can go to get conference information and to buy your tickets. So, Brian, send that information along to me so I can get it up on my social medias later this uh, afternoon after the show so we let the, that audience have a chance at it as well. All right? Thank you, man. Good to see you guys. Look forward to seeing you next weekend in Boise. God bless. All right. Take care. All right. Let's get back to more Buy, seller Hold. And of course, what we don't have time to get to, we will do in today's overtime. Aaron, you're up. Brian Johnson says, Star Trek Wrath of Khan. We have Khan. the lead singer of, of ACDC stuff. Yeah, in. I mean, I he's, like it. he's been right. making uh, appearances okay. uh, the last few weeks. Uh, Star Trek Wrath of Khan and The Empire Strikes Back are the two best sci-fi movies in history. I, I think that's an arguable point, so I will buy. Sure. Bye. There's absolutely two of my all-time favorites. I mean, I just, movies, period. But in that genre, I'll buy for sure. So Endgame is not in the top two. Do we consider that fantasy or sci-fi? Yes. See, that's the thing. I mean, y- yeah. It, that's they could, why they could I be said either yes one. and moved on. Yeah. We're gonna, we yeah. can strain yeah. this net as because hard that, as we that, want to. Because the, the fantasy realm has, has had its definition of what's included in there greatly expanded, you know, with the advent of superhero movies, you know? So it kind of depends on do you consider them to be sci-fi or do you consider them to be uh, fantasy? Evan Hayes says Alabama is now chasing Georgia for number one spot in the SEC. Unquestionably. And if you look at the quarterback position, I mean, for Alabama, so I'm buying this as well. If you look, uh, that Tyler Buckner kid has shown at, at no point in his career that he can play. Now, we haven't gotten a huge look at him, but all the looks we have gotten. Well, he, look what he did at South Carolina. Well, first of all, half of South Carolina's team set out that bowl game, and he still threw like a couple of interceptions. So uh, I, the idea, Alabama bringing that kid in as quarterback in May – is just reeks of something you don't typically associate with Alabama football under Nick Saban, desperation. Why does that matter? Well, I mean, there's this is they still maybe have the best overall roster in college football, and if they don't, they're right behind Georgia. So, I mean, they're going to roll the helmets out there and win nine or ten games just with that. But that's not Alabama's not here to go 10-2. and two. It's national championship or bust for them every single year. And I'm just telling you, you got to be a lot better than the other teams vying for the national championship if Tyler Buckner is your quarterback. And that's your best option. And you look at what's coming down the pike for Alabama and what Georgia's quarterback room looks like, and now they're going to add the number one quarterback recruit in this class. Remember Dominic Rayola, the great uh, offensive lineman for the Huskers back in the day? No. You and I are old enough now that the, we're going to watch their kids play now. So his son, Dylan, is the number one recruit in, the, in this incoming recruiting class quarterback. He just decommitted from Ohio State and is now going to go to Georgia. So, I, you know, 
you cannot hide your quarterback in college football. Now, as well as Alabama recruits, they're going to be able to hide their quarterback about nine times this year. But then there's those other two or three games that are going to matter more than the others where they won't be able to. And Georgia, I don't think, will have to. So I agree. Bye. I'll I'll sell. They seem to be asking a broader question. I think Georgia has now caught up to Alabama, but the last two years did not suddenly mean that Georgia has leapfrogged Alabama as the standard for college football. You know, if you're going to apply it like retroactively based on where they were before, notice I went proactively where I see this going. But if you're going to apply it retroactively, then I would agree. Georgia just caught up. I agree. But I, I proactively think they're about to pass them. Jeff Bayer says people crossing the southern border illegally after the ending of Title 42 should receive a case of Bud Light and a gift certificate to Target. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I'll buy. Right. It's sufficiently snotty. I like that it a lot. That may cause them to turn back yes. quicker than anything else. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Once they take it. This is what you all drink in America? This? Yes. No. Uh, Rare Conserve PSU says the NBA will become more popular when LeBron James retires. Sell. I'm going to yeah. sell. I, I mean, you're talking about a singular great player who is at least in the conversation for greatest player of all time. Yeah. Um, and even though he's, his popularity is, is not as transcendent as a Jordan's or a Magic's or a Kareem's were, in today's viral era, as you've seen with Donald Trump, that can work to your branding advantage too to be that disliked. Depends on what you want. You know, like... If the goal is building a brand, being greatly disliked can build you a brand. Now, if the goal is winning a broad-based general election amongst a bunch of people who don't like you, not necessarily the best path. That's not LeBron doesn't have to worry about that, does he? No. That's a, he doesn't have to worry at all what people like us think about him. He's, he's not up for any form of referendum for people like us to render an opinion that would be fatal to him and his brand in any way, shape, or form. Donald Trump is as a candidate. He's not... As a media figure, he's not as a thought leader, but but in those areas, he never has to put himself on a ballot and and let people who hate him render a verdict on him one way or the other, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. have to. And instead can market off of their a hatred to his own base and their clicks. When, when they count the clicks and, the, and Google puts the little ad in your TV video, you know this better than me, Aaron. Does Google charge give you less of a, of a click-through rate if it came from the clicks came from people who hate you than if the people loved you? Nope. It's the same rate, right? Yeah. So, so in, the, in, the, in, the, in the brand building realm, being hated like Trump and LeBron is could absolutely be very profitable. The difference is, as a candidate, Trump wants to leave that realm and put his name on a ballot, which gives everybody who hates him now a free shot at him that you and I never get of LeBron James. And part of being hated in the viral world does actually uh, equate to your popularity in ways that it didn't before. You know, 30, 40 years ago, Michael Jordan's famously said Republicans buy sneakers, too. I don't know that Michael Jordan, if he were alive today, would say that because there weren't there were there wasn't the instant response today, so, so, playing today he is alive today no, i'm sorry is that what i said <laughs> my bad okay michael jordan were playing today i should say uh, smite me for that if if the money and and notoriety to be made and getting an instant reaction from people whether it's good and bad did not exist when he was playing we have that now with social media you can monetize being notorious in ways you just have never been able to before and so it, 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 it doesn't necessarily pay as well from a branding standpoint to be transcendent as it does to be 
reacted to to provoke people. Uh, and so that's why I disagree with your summation. Who, who would be next for the NBA? Who's, the, who's next in line as a lightning rod among the existing players? I don't even think he's that. He's, people just find him annoying and grating. They don't find him as like some big bad for the most part. He's just, it's kind of amateur hour, but he's, a, he, he goes, he brings most of it on himself. They spray painted my LA estate, whatever that was a few yeah, years ago just, with racist stuff. And the cops are like, yeah, we have no evidence this happened. All right. Which is kind of, what's what, the irony of LeBron. And I, every time we have your buddy, Brad Wilcox from the, is it yeah. the marriage project? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. Where, Every time we have him on, he always makes the point that it's funny that the very people attacking marriage don't actually live yeah. You know, if, if that white liberals are yeah. actually white lefties are more likely to have sustained marriages than almost any other segment of the population, yeah. monogamous heterosexual marriages, right? That they are actually living in their own private lives the way that they are trying to convince the rest of society to live. LeBron is a great example yeah. of this. Yes. I mean, as a husband, as a father, as a family guy yeah, yeah. and everything else, man, if, if like if if like LeBron never put like some um, uh, Kwanzaa book at his locker, yeah, pretending to read it, that he never, I, that, that, and it's always on page five whenever the media comes to interview him. If he never did stuff like that, yeah. he'd be freaking loved. Exactly. People be like, what a story yeah. from this kid from, from, uh, from, uh, uh, Ohio and, uh, you know, single mom. And now, you know, and he married his baby mom and he stayed married to her and they have more kids and it's the American dream. It's only because of, but that, that, and this is what Whitlock talks a lot about. Yeah. Is that the, the viral, the, 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 the temptation to become a viral sensation for being notorious or to conform via virtue signaling, these athletes just can't stay away, right. even if it would benefit their reputations look, to do it. Look what his first big mistake was in the eyes of people when he went, I'm um, taking my talents to Miami. They didn't. It was okay that he went to South Beach. It's okay that he went there. People weren't mad about that. It's that he had his little dog and pony show. An hour-long special. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like, everybody acknowledges he's great. Yep. Next, we go to James Swick. Ron DeSantis' presidential run announcement with Elon Musk in a Twitter space will have at least one million listeners. I will buy that. I, I think that in terms of Twitter events, this might be the biggest event Twitter will ever have. I don't know what the capacity of Twitter spaces happen to be. I've been on one ever. Um, so I don't know if there's a max capacity load or I, I don't know. But I do know the um, the amount of, of energy that will be generated off of this event during and after it is done is... I think will be the biggest event Twitter's ever had. I, I, I can I add something to this, by the way, really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, Trump got reinstated by Musk uh, to Twitter earlier this year, right? And we have been surmising. Uh, let me rephrase that. I have. I was told by a little birdie that if and when Trump is reinstated to Twitter, he cannot go back as long as Truth Social exists, because. He has uh, legally fiduciary responsibilities to the investors in that platform. And it is very clear that that platform was created to be a direct competitor to Twitter. 
And so there's been a lot of um, anticipation of when Trump will return to Twitter. And I saw a bunch of uh, Trump people make a suggestion last night when this uh, DeSantis announcement came out that this is how he's going to announce his campaign with Elon Musk. And by the way, they are right. This would have been a brilliant idea that Trump should just go ahead and rejoin Twitter like five minutes (laughs) before this begins. And pardon the French, Trump the whole thing. That would be freaking brilliant. However, last night, uh, John Cardillo who is a radio host, I think in Florida, I want to say. Uh, but uh, John has in the past been John, Bill Mitchell, some of these people that have been, let's just say, staunch Trump supporters mm-hmm. that are now DeSantis people. Mm-hmm. John said that uh, uh, Trump contractually has to give the has to give investors at Truth Social a six hour heads up before he posts on Twitter because he does have fiduciary uh, responsibilities legally to those investors. And that would, of course, preclude him from doing what would, would, what would be absolutely a genius move if he pulled that off. If John is correct, and if John is correct, then he is confirming what I was told by a little birdie last year about why you won't see Trump back on there anytime soon unless they sell off Truth Social. Next up, we go to Happy Dad. Trump won't be able to control himself and will break his agreement with Truth Social during uh, tweets during uh, DeSantis' announcement. I'll let you take this one first. Follow-up. It is a perfect follow-up. So, amazing. I mean, he's controlled himself for how long? I mean, listen, this... How long have we known Truth Social is dead man walking? A long time. He knows it, but... But maybe it's the reason Steve's talking about Maybe it's other reasons, but he has... Not gone back on Twitter, and you know he wants to. Wouldn't it be something in like in 10 minutes, an announcement? Trump sells Truth Social, Truth Social shuts down, ceases operations, just so he could hop on there and preempt this tonight? I'm not sure if that would be a boss move or a douche move. Yes. Maybe the answer is yes. Yeah, it's, I guess if you're an investor in Truth Social, it's a douche move. I'm not. So I kind of think it would be a boss move. You, just a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we have video of him being deposed. He's talking about the woman isn't his type. It's it's him. It's just him. There's no new thing he's going to do. Like, so you think he could do this then, basically? I mean, that's what it, you're, you're actually making the other case. It, no, I'm That not. he could very well just break I'm the just whole like, thing and say, I, screw no, it. I'm saying he's not. Nothing he will do is going to be unique or surprising. And if people are, like, what have you been paying attention to this whole time? That would, you'd be surprised but doesn't that, by that? Well, I'm not asked. The proposition isn't asking me if I'd be surprised, Aaron, is it? It just no. is asking me, will he do it? You're actually laying out a framework for why the guy that you just articulated would do what is in this proposition. That's that's right in line with... I mean, have, I mean, the guy, the guy who went on a, and, and, and said this woman's too ugly and not my type, yeah. after he got leveled with a multi-million dollar defamation settlement, went right on his social media and called her a liar again to the point that she's now going back to the judge, if I recall, isn't she now, and saying, can we reopen the damages because he just, he just defamed me again. That actually is in line with what this gentleman is predicting, that he will just break the agreement because he just can't contain himself and let it rip on Twitter about how Musk and DeSantis both suck. That's actually in line with what he's saying. I'm not surprised by either one. I just, I'm amazed why people continue to be thinking that there's a potential new character arc for Donald Trump out there. You won't find it. Stop thinking it's Put the proposition back up there again, Aaron. I already advanced to the next one. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm going to sell because one area 
and I've witnessed this firsthand where I have actually seen Trump display extraordinary self-discipline is in the spending of his own money. So I will sell that he will do that. I will buy that he would like to, but I will sell that he will. Ready to move on? Yep. All right. We will now go to James Haining. Politics has ceased to be relevant. True counterculture is to learn a trade and start a family. I love your second part. I think the first, it, it, it can never be irrelevant. It just can't ever be. No matter what form of government, um, it, it, it just can't ever be irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just not possible. It, 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 it's like saying weather is irrelevant. I mean, it, it, it's not irrelevant. You may not like it. There might be parts, yeah. some weathers that are better than other, some seasons of weather that are better than others, some places of weather that are better than others. But no matter where you are, you have to, on some level, recognize the weather. I just don't think you can possibly say it's irrelevant. But I do agree. If, if, if you had rephrased it to say, at this point, voting is irrelevant. And the most countercultural thing you can do is learn a trade and start a family. Now you might have my attention. But to say politics is irrelevant as a whole, I disagree with that and I'll sell. Yeah, it has the whiff of Francis Fukuyama end of history stuff. You know, it's it's too smart by half. It and and most people I no offense, but most people who say this are people who really never got involved in politics on any level whatsoever and did what needed to be done. So there's that. Trent Eisenbacher says it would be much more damaging for DeSantis to not run now than to run and lose to Trump. No, sell. I will sell because it depends if he were to lose to Trump in what manner are we talking about? Was he totally and completely humiliated in some way? Um, now, barring that, I do agree that running and losing to Trump doesn't damage him at all. If it's a very respectable race, um, Trump debases himself, but Ron never does, still loses. All he's going to do is go back home to Florida on, depending on if Republicans win the next presidential election, if they win it, it's the second largest executive power stage in the country. If they lose it, it's the largest executive power stage in the country for a Republican. And he'll just go back there and dominate headlines again for another few years and come back at 49 and be the overwhelming favorite to be the nominee. But- you know, it's not take it from someone who has firsthand experience with this as well. It is not easy nor simple to compete against Donald Trump and not end up debasing yourself in the process or getting humiliated. It is not easy to do. Well, let me rephrase that. It's not easy for other Republicans to do. It's been very easy for Democrats to actually do. It just is not easy for Republicans to do. And also, it's very hard not to be viewed as you had your shot or old. Listen, I. Ask Mike Huckabee, ask Rick Santorum, ask uh, Ted Cruz to some to some extent. Like, I don't. It, it, yes, there needs to be an alternative, something to move on to. But I don't guarantee even if he comes out clean and goes back to Florida and governs well, you, you have there, there's just you have no idea if your moment uh, has passed or not or if you'll get it again. Next up, we go to G. Harmon. Trump will switch to supporting partial birth abortion if he still doesn't have the nomination locked up after the South Carolina primary. I'm going to sell on this. I hate to use this phrase for the third time, 
But I do have firsthand knowledge with this because when I first got to know Trump, he was actually being uh, uh, recruited by the New York GOP to run for governor of New York in 2014. And I do know from having conversations with him directly on the life issue back then that on a personal level, he found he found late term and partial birth abortion to be absolutely abhorrent and could not believe that Cuomo and Democrats were running on. They were basically going to make it legal to kill babies whenever you wanted to. All right. So I'm because of the, I had those conversations. I, I will sell. I'm selling as well. Moving on to John Webster, no matter the opponent, the Denver Nuggets win their first NBA finals. I'd pre- I'd predict that's what's going to happen. So I guess it's bye, but I'm, you know, I'm genuinely intrigued. There's some magic to this Miami Heat team. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I would sell that it's an automatic. It one option is arguably the best coach in the NBA in Eric Spolstra. The other option is arguably the best player not named LeBron James in the NBA in Jason Tatum. I, I so I wouldn't I wouldn't say those are automatics for a team that's not used to going this far. Not just this team, like this franchise has never been this far before. So I, I wouldn't say it's automatic at all. But what they did against the Lakers, very impressive, no mm-hmm. question. Couple more quickly before we end the segment. Kenneth Hunter says Stetson Bennett starts for the Rams by Week Nine. I could see this because of the injuries that uh, are, that uh, Stafford suffered last year um, and the amount of hits he took. And I don't know how much better their offensive line will be. I will sell, but I don't think this is far fetched. So, uh, Gina P says uh, we teared up a little bit when watching the DeSantis launch video. I gotta uh, sell, man. Sell. Come on, don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't. It was a strong thing. Oh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. It set a tone. But I wish I wish I had that. Come in on, me. man. I wish I had that in me. I just. Anymore. I'm uh, not saying there's never a time to get teared up. Like like if you weren't teared up at, at George Washington's, you know, inaugural or farewell address, then you're just not in America. I'm not saying. I'm just saying though, it's got to be that kind of an event. Fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I feel. A little, I don't. This is me now. Um, who's the MSNBC guy, Chris? Uh, what Hayes? Hey, no, the other, the older guy. No, I don't know. Um, who had the throw going up his leg, and uh, about Obama and Keith Olbermann oh. looks at him and says, "Easy, yeah. all right. That's me doing that to you. Easy, all right. Slow your roll, man. It's a teaser video. Okay. We'll come back. Daniel Horowitz will join us here next." Right back here on the Steve Day Show. We'll get to Daniel Horowitz here in just a second. Don't forget about our friends, though, over at Bonner Private Wines. You've heard me talk about these incredible wines that Todd thinks are sensational and all of us like. Uh, grown at extreme altitudes deep in the Andes Mountains, about 9,000 feet. Malbec grape vineyards done by families going on a second century of doing this the old-fashioned way, not the new factory way, and that's where you get the taste that you find absolutely outstanding. They've got an amazing offer for you. You can get the wine now, three bottles, come in a case, three bottles for 50% off plus free shipping. And that's a big deal when you're talking about imported wines, 50% off and free shipping. And 
in case that doesn't entice you on its own, a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar as well. So now it's four bottles for the price of three and half off and free shipping. You can't beat it. Take advantage of it today. BonnerPrivateWines.com. B-O-N-N-E-R. B-O-N-N-E-R. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve to get your wine today at BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. We welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. It is good to see you, my friend. How are you? We're doing all right. Still got a lot of woe left in me. Well... I want to ask you a personal question, and I hope you don't mind. On purpose, I want to ambush you with it, all right? Because I may be one of the few people that will get away with asking you a question like this. You and I are very comfortable as non-joiners and contrarians. I am not as comfortable, even though, I mean, some of the people I met on the cruise team, Jason Johnson, Chip Roy have gone on to be some of the best buddies I've ever had. It still felt a little weird for me to be like welcomed to the table. Like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, the, uh, the anti-hero type, more of the vigilante type, you know, um, you're maybe even more comfortable in that role than me. And you have someone that, um, and really a family that you have had a relationship with, maybe a friendship with for many, many years now, getting set to launch a presidential campaign later on this evening. Have you considered, and I'm sure you have knowing you, have you considered the different role this puts you in potentially when you've had, you've had a stake in plenty of primaries. I mean, that's how you and I originally met. You were involved in recruiting primary candidates and things of that nature. But, but this is a little different now, though, when it's someone that you have gone to war with, you've, you've been in the trenches with, you've been friends with, a family you've known. So, I, you know, I get asked questions like this, too, you know. So are you getting questions? Has, has, now that his guy's running, is Daniel Horowitz going to lose his edge? How do you respond to that? You know, Steve, I'm the same man and always will be. You know why? I'm not supporting a presidential candidate. How do I know him? You, you mentioned that I knew him for many years. I knew him because I was trying to recruit and endorse House candidates after the Tea Party wave failed. This was in 2012. And what I've been doing for the last 15 years is constantly trying to focus on outcomes. How do we actually get our actions and results to purport with our rhetoric? Like, oh, we're losing our country. They're killing us. They're taking our liberties. They're invading our border. Well, okay, so that requires that your actions comport with that reality that you're articulating. And, you know, one after another, we would see these Republican waves fail to produce anything. And that's when I saw him in 2012. And... I kind of established with him at the time a relationship that's not unsimilar to what I have with, say, Andy Biggs, Thomas Massey, Chip Roy, our mutual friend. And we, we'd work on policy issues together. I had less to do with him when he became governor. Um, so this is not a Johnny-come-lately thing. I knew him at a time where, frankly, I could never picture a guy like that being governor, much less presidential candidate. Um, I read on my show, I've at redstate.com, my endorsement of him in 2012, how I felt he was uniquely intellectually um, 
align with our values, but also seem to have that smartness and that savvy politically to implement it. It turned out to be true. But Steve, I'm always about outcomes. And it's the same thing. I don't need to even talk about the presidential election. You know that, Steve. I have enough fodder on my policy issues, my state legislative programs, you know, gubernatorial primaries. I don't need to even touch it. But when you do that, you run the risk of being a reverse thumbsucker. I'm just going to stand on the outside and say everyone sucks, we're screwed. You know, at some point you have to get on the playing field and say this is a good bill, for example. We know we said the House passed debt ceiling bill was good and they need to stand by that. I could bash it for saying it doesn't do this and that. But sometimes you you see a clear path and you have to make a play to just be a thumbsucker calling the balls and strikes and saying nobody's good enough, nothing's gonna help, that doesn't do anything either. So to me, this is, I mean, I am exactly where I am. And, and as I've articulated on my show, I feel the same way I did before. We need national divorce. We're never gonna fix the federal government fully. Um, or even partially uh, to a to a significant uh, amount, you're never going to beat the left on their turf in the blue states coming two decades, two generations, I'm sorry, two generations into a controlled opposition. But where I do believe this matters is I believe having him as the face and messenger of our movement and reluctantly our party is more important than him even being president. Because that enables us to focus on the right issues, strategies in the red states, red pilling the red states, pushing for our issues that will force red states to be as independent as blue states are demonic. And, you know, you can't just sit back. Hey, Ron's going to do this all for us. 10, 15 years ago, I would be ecstatic, giddy. I don't think you see that in my voice today. I'm a little bit excited, but um I've changed, as you well know, since COVID. We live in a very different country, and I have very different expectations. I think his candidacy matters in a very important way, but a very limited, specific way, in that it could serve as the match for a carefully built campfire that we still need to build. So size up, size up the race. I, I, and I'll start with what I think are, I think are the two most important points heading into it. Number one, all polling, except that which attempts to measure the 180,000 people that are going to vote in Iowa and the 280,000 people that are going to vote in New Hampshire is irrelevant because they are going to vote first and they're going to shape the field. They won't finalize the field, but they will shape it. People that you're talking about now won't either will be out before they even vote or will be out after they do. Um, and so if, unless you can influence the, the, whoever those 180,000 in Iowa and 280,000 people in New Hampshire are, your thoughts are irrelevant. No matter how big your current platform is, what you think is irrelevant. And, and New Hampshire may get taken off the table if Chris Sununu decides to run for president, then that won't, that won't even be a relevant uh, part of the process either. So that's all that matters is what is happening on the ground right now in those states. And, and, and you get later in the fall when more people start paying attention, then you start finding out what they truly think when they've had a longer view of the candidates. Secondly, 
I think that whenever you're taking on a bully or a king or um, a, a tribal chieftain or an incumbent, a potent incumbent, whatever your, however, which of those terms you would ascribe to Trump or a combination thereof, there is a, a psychological factor as a challenger. Like, like the other day when I saw Heritage Foundation's Daily Signal go at Fox News, that got my attention because that's not the same as you and I doing it. That's institution on institution crime. If we're at the point now that Heritage Foundation is going to hit is going to punch Fox News in the throat, that really shows that the psychological barrier of I can't possibly alienate Fox because they're the they they are singularly hold the lever of the Overton window on the right. That has that uh, that's done. That doesn't mean Fox is like totally done, but their hegemony over the right that era is over. If Heritage now thinks that it is safe to sound like Daniel Horowitz and Steve Dace and going after Fox News, similarly. Ron DeSantis has to give people permission to vote for him against Trump. Yes. He has to show psychologically that when when Trump the first time, and it will happen, says something to him like, well, like he said to Ted Cruz, your wife is ugly and I think you're banging Katrina Pierce and my campaign spokeswoman is along with Amanda Carpenter and your five other side chicks. How do you respond to that? Okay, How, what do you say in response to that? When he looks at you and says, I liked your wife better before she had breast cancer. What do you do? And you can game plan it all out in debate prep. Ain't the same thing as when you're sitting in a room and you can a full of people and you can feel the energy of the room after that gets said. And 30 million people are watching on television. That, I think, is the moment there that he will give people permission to say either it is time to move on or they will feel as if it is not yet time to move on. Those are my two meta points of this race. Your thoughts? But but Steve, about your last point, I would slightly disagree because I think the debates are not for a little while. I think what sets the table the next month or two will determine that he does have to be prepared for that. But what I mean is you're talking about a paradigm that got Trump elected and down Ted Cruz in 2016, which is that Trump was the action and everyone else was forced to react to something that was very new, very unpredictable, very confounding um, that they weren't prepared to deal with. What what DeSantis can do is he has a long runway now to be the alpha and act and have Trump react. And you're starting to see that if if he were to not mention Trump, but take the lead on medical freedom, take the lead on the border. See, before now, he was a Florida governor. You know, here and there, he'd talk about national issues, but he had to stay focused. Now he's a national candidate lead on the debt ceiling that's blowing up this week. Without saying Trump is a Pfizer COVID shot with negative efficacy and all the side effects, because I think, like you're saying, that won't give people permission. That will turn some people off. That is a way of him actually demonstrating we've moved on. I'm the new leader. And Trump, rather than moving to his right, no, I do this on the debt ceiling. I'll do this on the border. I'll, I'll you know, hold a tribunal for Pfizer's uh, CEO. No, he's going to talk about the polls and and whatever else he does, and, and increasingly hitting him from the left, he just put out an attack ad attacking him for not voting for the Paul Ryan omnibus bill that he signed, and just just a little bit just bizarre stuff, and you know, against the fair tax and things like that. It just to me, he's losing his mojo. I I don't think we're at that stage where you're on the debate, and I think if you go two months where DeSantis, if he does, and he needs to do that leads on the issues and Trump continues to do what he's doing, I think people would have moved on anyway. So in the next 
two minutes. That's what I have left. Lay out for me what you think is the first real metric that you're going to be looking for about how viable this challenge really is to go all the way to the to Iowa caucus day, for example, the first day people vote. You know, you said it before, Steve, stagecraft. Okay, here's the deal. We all know he is the king on policy, but at the same time, we all know that the, that does not necessarily win you in an, in an election. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I have consistently underestimated him. I didn't tell this to his face, like I said to Chip, not to run, and several other friends. I said, "Hey, don't run. It's stupid." But when he said he was going to run for governor, I was like, "Dude, I've seen this this roadshow so many times where you have the most conservative guy, mm-hmm. most you know, most conviction, the heart, the brain, the articulation." Yeah, try raising money to run in such an expensive media market, the third largest state. He surprised us all that he has this X factor as a political killer. Um, Most of our guys that are like the way he is, they will just never go the distance. They're just not the type. I mean, they're just not the type. Um, I just you're not going to have an Andy Biggs or a Thomas Massey become president. The question is, does he have that stagecraft? And I think the announcement today is a first indication that he does. See, to appeal to just people like you and me, we'd love to see a Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. This is what's yeah. going on. Everyone right. sucks. Here's what we need to do. Right. Trump failed us. I literally Trump want to hear Ron DeSantis say, you have heard it said, but I said, yes, I literally want to hear that. Yes, go ahead. Yes. You know, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. But he understands the stagecraft. We've had a number of candidates that could, you know, articulate our vision but do they have the ability to upstage Trump on the on the stage? You saw that a little bit in the Iowa visit to Des Moines uh, with the whole tornado gate. And now I think you're seeing this with the Elon Musk thing. I get the impression there has been a lot more planning behind this campaign than, we, than we've realized. Hmm. I was starting to worry that they had a little bit of a Baghdad bomb mentality and didn't price in what happened the last three months. And now I, I'm coming to realize I think they had their eye on the ball the entire time. And we get focused to reacting to the latest, you know, Trump guy on Twitter that has no influence outside of their, you know, four feet. Um, I am very impressed with what I'm seeing so far. But I think that's what you want to see, how much stagecraft he has, not just how much, you know, political porn for people like you and I, where he trashes Pfizer and warp speed and things like that, how well he performs with stagecraft. Good stuff, my friend. Always good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Take care. You bet. Daniel brought to you by Relief Factor. It's just a coincidence that we are talking about a pain reliever after having Daniel on. Don't take it as any kind. Don't take it as any kind of statement that just randomly came up next in the rotation. Uh, but uh, if if you are dealing with chronic pain, and that's typically from too much inflammation in the body, get the formulated as drug free. But it was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. It's known as Relief Factor, a great way to relieve pain, and they make it so accessible and affordable to get you started. Just twenty bucks for the first three weeks. To see if you don't see a difference in your pain in three weeks or less, that's it, 20 bucks. Why do they offer this? Because about 70% of the time, people who take them up on it end up sticking around and signing up for the long term because of the results they see in three weeks or less. So go to relieffactor.com.
to order. Take advantage of the quick start at relieffactor.com or you can call them at 804 the number 4 804 relief 804 relief or relieffactor.com. Any quick thoughts on the conversation with Daniel? I'm going to reiterate something I told you off the air a few weeks ago as far as the stagecraft thing. Stick with me here. Ron DeSantis should campaign with a fleet of live alligators. <laughs> you can name one of them you can name one of them Joe. You can name one of them Mitch. You can name one of them Chuck. Hell, you can name one of them Don. Make make a centerpiece of your campaign because you're from Florida. You know a thing or two about dealing with prehistoric reptiles, and that's why you're perfect for oh. DC. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Todd, your thoughts? Just do what you did in Florida. It's the only place the red wave happened. I want more. Whatever it was, I want more. Keeping your focus against Trump is easier said than done. We'll see. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.